Patrick Hoots from the Carlton Footy Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Dane Zorko here from the Brisbane Lions. Jason Johannesson from the Western Bulldogs. Luke Parker here from the Sydney Swans. It's Roy Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Max Wall and Melbourne Football Club. This is Nat Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Hello, it's MJ from the Coaches Panel. Today we wrap up the teams of the 50 most relevant. You know who it is. You've read it on the description. Collingwood champion Adam Trelaw. He's just been getting it done year in, year out. There ain't many reasons to build for why he's not going to in 2020. To talk about this man, i got Jimmy. Hello, buddy. Hello, MJ. Hello, listeners. It's good, good to be back. to have you back as well. Let's talk about this 26-year-old superstar. He is well and truly just one of the elite fantasy footballers that we have right across all the formats. Last year was his personal best super coach season. He ended up averaging 113 across that format, almost identical in terms of his average uh, in Dream Team and AFL Fantasy. Fun fact for you, Jimmy, six points differential in terms of what they scored across all f- those formats. Six points. Mm. I don't know why it's I told bad. you that. Yeah, it's not bad. Uh, <laughs> it's meeting, It's got to that point of the 50 most relevant where I find any kind of scoring differential and I get excited by it. Um, last year, his best score came against Richmond in AFL Fantasy. It was a massive 152. While in Supercoach, he, like many other premium midfielders last year, towed up the Gold Coast Suns with a 177. In Supercoach, he's going to set you back just over 615000 while in Fantasy and Dream Team, he's pricey. He's around about 840 k just under in AFL Fantasy, and just a touch over $820,000 in DT. Jimmy, when we do talk about Adam Trelaw, he's just one of the most enjoyable players to own. And, and just in football in general, he wins plenty of his own ball. He possesses this great burst of speed out of stoppage, can get the ball on the outside and link up when guys like Pendlebury or Sidebottom win it on the inside. Equally, he's just as prolific and proficient at winning the ball on the outside and farming it out to some of their outside runners. He's just a really good footballer. He's not bad, is he? he can He's football. not a premiership player yet, but oh, he goes all right. Here we go. Yes. <laughs> Mate, if it were not for Dom Sheed, he would be. So He would, yeah. Or, or you know, contract. <laughs> yeah, look, let's digress. He's, uh, he's, no, he is a quality footballer. If there's a knock on him, it is that, uh, as I think you were about to say there, that he can occasionally butcher the football a little bit. And, he has been uh, known for that. He has, and I think that um, ultimately uh, is is part of what makes the difference between his dream team and his super coach scoring in that, um, and, and I say the difference, you know, they're very, very similar numbers by the end of the year, but his big games can be bigger in super coach, um, but his poor games can be a lot poorer. So yeah. when he is having a, a bit of a mare of a day um, and he's missing targets by foot as well, that hurts him a lot more in super coach than it does in dream team. And, um, and conversely, when he is right on top of it and he kicks his two or three goals as he does every so often and, uh, yeah, you know, gets on the end of forty odd disposals. Then he has those much bigger games in Super Coach. You said that one seventy odd um, last year as well. So he can be a little bit more up and down in that format, perhaps, than in Dream Team, where he's um, 
almost just a, a model of consistency. You certainly. Is there are certain factors and statistical lines you want to be ranked highly in? Um, like he's ranked first in the league last year for total disposals, first in the league for total handballs, uh, seventh, you know, ranked super coach player last year, third for total effective disposals, which is interesting given he's also ranked ninth in the AFL for total clangers. Um, mm. And so there is there is plenty to like about Adam Trelaw, even with that. He's ranked fourth for uncontested possessions across the league, twelfth for clearances. He's, he really is one of the elite midfielders in the competition. And you do talk about his dream team and AFL fantasy numbers last year. Uh, played every single game for us and is a regular 20-plus games player every single year. Last year was really the only exception. Of his 22 games, 18 were tons. Not bad. Yeah. Uh, bad of those, bad Yeah, not bad. Of those, 10 of them were over 120 and he only dipped below 90 twice last year in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team. An average of 113 in terms of what that looks like for ranking against you know other people. He ended up the year third for total points last year. Ranked second for midfielders behind McRae and currently the fourth highest averaged player. Not a bad season from Adam Trelaw. Mm, very, very solid numbers. And, and the thing with him too at the minute is that nobody's talking about him and I can't quite figure out why that is, um, but then when I go and look at the uh, ownership numbers uh, in Dream Team at the minute, he's sitting in over 20% of teams. He's just one that people are quietly locking away and not talking much about, and uh, yeah, with, with good reason, I think. Yeah, he seems to just find a way to just get it done. Very similar sort of ownership in AFL Fantasy, 15%. A little less in Supercoach, mm-hmm. sitting at 7% at the at the moment, which is it was quite unique considering last year with that 113 average. He put up 17 tons last year. Seven of them. So not as many you know, big 120s like you talked about. That yeah. Sometimes that ability to butch the ball because he's winning it you know, hard and fast, picking it up quickly, getting it with that forward momentum at times. Because of it, he's not always going to be the most precise precise user of the ball by foot but still 7 120 mm. plus scores only dipped below 83 once ranked fifth for total points of all midfielders last year and ninth for averages uh, between rounds 12 and 21 last year didn't drop below 100 across all of the formats for two of the past six years now he's been able to go over 110 across formats and for the past six seasons he has not dropped an average under 100 my word, he's good. He certainly is, yeah. And uh, people have named his uh, his teammate Dependleberry, and uh, Trelaw's really, at this point, I think needs to be considered in that same bracket as um, as he was. He's building to that, in, both in terms of a frequency of hundreds and mm. how rarely he gives you a bad score. If you look over his past three seasons, um, which is 56 games, because it was pretty injury-impacted in 2018, um, he's had just six scores under 80. That's 10% of his games. While he's had just the four scores under 80 in the past 56 games in Dream Team and Fantasy. Yeah, 7% of games in the past three years, he's hurting you with a sub-80. But then you look at what he's doing in terms of the frequency of hundreds. Not just the ceiling, but frequency. 73% of the games in the past 56 games, he's gone 100 or more. That's 41 tons. Well, it's not much different in Supercoach, too. 67% 67% he goes 100 or more in that format. 38 tons in the past 56 games. He's a better super coacher than what we give him credit for. He really is, yeah. And um, and again, that ceiling that he can produce in, in that format when he's up and about is um, 
you know, it's right up there with the best of them. It is. And I think that's one of the questions, marks I have. And it's maybe reflective that with the 7% ownership, that's probably, to be fair, a lot of Collingwood supporters through there, mm. is he is more renowned for his AFL fantasy ability because, like we've talked about, sometimes when he does have those clangers, it's impacting on his super coach score, not his fantasy and dream team score. But last year we saw his potential, 17 tons, 113 average. Yeah. But, I, but I think the question we've got to have around him is, a 113 average puts you as a top three, four, fiver in Dream Team and Fantasy. In Supercoach, though, guys like McRae, Dangerfield, Fife, Cripps, mm-hmm. Neil, arguably Dunkley, they're all going to be around that marker of 120. And can you choose to start Trelaw just for skimping on a little bit of cash if you don't think he can go 120 like these boys? See, that's, that's the thing with him, but it's as much, too, about timing with, um, with mm. Trelaw as well. And that if you, you know, and I think if we look at him, can we confidently and comfortably say there are going to be eight midfielders who are going to go better than he will in Supercoach this year? Mm. And I don't think you can. There, there might be, but there's every chance that he does sit in that um, you know, fifth to, to eighth kind of bracket, I think, realistically, for, for Supercoach this year. He might be a little under, but he'll be there or thereabouts. And so... If you like him, and if you think that he's got potential to have a couple of those monster games this year, and if you think he's a handy option as a vice captaincy because of the amount of um, Friday night games that Collingwood get, then yep. um, you know why not? Um, you know the the main reason I think you're not giving him the vice captaincy is because you've got Grundy as well. But yep, in any case, he's um, he, he's a valid and worthy option to choose if you like the way he goes about it, and he looks nice sitting in your team there. Yeah, look, you know, against, you know, purely at Supercoach, I feel like the AFL fantasy numbers really do speak for themselves about why you're considering him. But if you look at the oh, guys that are averaged, and we will talk about fantasy in a sec, but um, you mm. look at the guys that uh, have a higher seasonal average than him last year, um, only four or five of them played every game. You know, guys like Fife, Kelly, Cripps and Dangerfield all missed at least one game. Some missed up to eight games higher than him. Yeah. Um, and yet his average is comparable to Dangerfield, Dunkley, Cripps and Kelly. Mm-hmm. He, he's within three or four points per game of them. So he, he certainly deserves some credit. He certainly deserves your consideration um, in that format, not just in AFL Fantasy where we go, okay, week in, week out, this guy turns up. Week in, week out, he's not going to yeah. give me a bad score. Um, and he goes 110-plus pretty much locked. Like his lowest average in the past five years, you know, four years, sorry, in AFL Fantasy is a 108. So it's, yeah. you, you know he's going to be around that elite mark of, of a mm-hmm. top five to ten midfielder this year. Oh, absolutely. And and even in Supercoach, if um yeah, you, know, you can build a solid argument that he's going to be up in that elite kind of level this mm. year. Um you can make the same argument that he's not required if if that's how you feel about it. Um, you know, if you think he's got a punchable face or you just don't <laughs> like watching him or you go for Richmond or whatever else, you can look at him there and go, you know what, I'd rather start with Bontempelli or Oliver or Yo, who are all priced at about the same point that he is, with, yep. you know, within a, a one point on the season average. Um, and you could make the same argument that any of those players um, could end up uh, as, a, as a better choice than he is, um, if that's the way that you're so inclined. There's no, you know, I, feel, I really do feel like with Trelaw in, in Supercoach, there's no right or wrong answer uh, in February. He's, he's a perfectly valid option to yeah. choose if you want to, um, and not to give myself blisters from sitting on the fence, but he's also equally as valid to, to pass on, if that's how you feel as well. Um, in Dream Team and Fantasy, though, I think he, he really must be considered as um, 
as one of your best options for your midfield starting point. Yeah, he certainly does do that. We are at this point of the 50 most relevant. We're talking about who, at least I believe, look, it's my list. Um, it's who yeah. I believe are among you know, <laughs> the, the top 10, 15 most relevant players in the competition. And so the reason you're choosing to, to not start these players is probably as much personal preference as anything else at this point in time. It's a much more diplomatic way of putting it than I did, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. thank you. Um, uh, it's, yep. <laughs> um, it's because these guys are so good and so consistent and, and such good scorers that it's very much going, mm-hmm. well, I just like this player more. Or I think I might get a, a marginally better start by, you know, maybe 20, 30 points you know, total mm-hmm. over this year. So I'm going to choose this. Um, and totally understandable. You do talk about um, his AFL Fantasy and Dream Team being a really good, strong option. In AFL Fantasy, very different to the other formats, is um, you generally don't get a vice-captaincy opportunity week in, week out. You get the Thursday night games, and, and that is it. Um, Dream Team and Supercoach, you get that vice-captaincy, you know, free hit, so to speak, every single week. But what makes, um, you know, Trelaw an intriguing starting squad option, and yes, he's got Brody Grundy, that has this same opportunity. But if for whatever reason, and make no mistake, we can all put the... Well, we could figure out Grundy's going to be in the 50 most relevant. The question is where, not if. Um, <laughs> I would lose any credibility if I didn't have him, but... Um, you'd think he's there. Yeah, you'd think he's there inside the top 12. Um, hmm. It is over the first four rounds in AFL Fantasy, um, Collingwood have two of the first four Thursday night games, meaning you can look at a vice-captaincy option from Collingwood. Now, you'll probably go Grundy, but if for whatever reason you're choosing to go more value in the rack line, whether that's a good idea, we'll talk about later in the 50 most relevant, but he's got a pretty good couple of matchups to go against. It's round two against the Tigers and round four against Brisbane. As a reference point last year, again, purely AFL fantasy, um, last year against the Tigers, he, he went 152 and 130. You're going to take those numbers if you put the VC on him. And he went 120 against Brisbane. Again, you'll probably take that unless there's another player that's got a matchup against Gold Coast that week. So, um, again, (laughs) you might be choosing Grundy because he has good matchups there as well. You might be, but Trelaw is a very nice, unique vice-captaincy option too if... um if you want to bet against everyone else picking Grundy for that week as well. Yeah, look, exactly right. So I think he's a... Even though an AFL fan, he's going to sit you back around about 840k and he's probably going to be one of your most expensive, if not your most expensive midfielder to start. He's worth paying that money for because he does not disappoint you. His price is not going to drop that drastically. And with AFL Fantasy, we have seen it can be quite difficult if you don't start these big premium midfielders because it's a weekly price change, not a three-week price cycle change. Unless they get a, a big injury early on, they're not going to plummet their scores drastically. It's going to be hard to get McRae, Dunkley, Trelaw, um, and get these big boys if you don't start with all of them, or at least two of the three. That's it. And and so if you're not thinking that you'll be able to get them later, it makes perfect sense to start with him because he is the type of player that you're going to want to have in your team in that format um, at some point before the end of the year. Yeah, look, if you don't have him, you need a plan of how you're going to get him. 
Yeah, I think that's exactly the case. And whether it be choosing to go against him or, or go against others, um, Taggers yeah. can have an impact on him, but because he doesn't always, he's not the elite ball user, guys like Sidebottom and, and still Pendlebury generally attract the tag. Yeah. But in terms of who they play early on in the year, it's the Western Bulldogs, not renowned for a tagger. Um, similar with Richmond, not really renowned anymore for, for a tagger. It's more team pressure, not just one player. Hawthorne, mm-hmm. you know, similar maybe how it plays that role but not often Brisbane Berry's been renowned to do it but maybe he gets released Port generally don't tag Essendon does Dylan Clark even fit into their strategy this year I'm not so sure yeah round seven we've heard in the preseason Jack Steele will not be playing the negating midfielder role um, according to Brett Ratton so really you're going up until round eight when Matt DeBoer and the GWS Giants come along again it might not be him but you're really looking over those first seven weeks of of relatively tag-free games should guys like Steele and Clark you know, not need to play the roles they have historically. That's it. So I think he's a, he's a safe bet. Yeah. Um, now that I really can't think of too many reasons why he wouldn't be in your calculations beyond just a, a personal preference call. Yeah, I think so. Look, I'm starting him in Dream Team and AFL Fantasy this year. Happy to let you know that right now. Super coach. He's on the upgrade target, no doubt. And maybe somebody else will emerge and trump him through the year. But I think to disregard him in Supercoach or in any format could be a little bit dangerous for us in 2020. Let's get into your favorite part, though, of these podcast episodes, Jimmy. The draft. All right. Where is he going? What are you doing? (laughs) Okay. Um, In a... A a Dream Team Fantasy Ultimate Footy style type of draft, Mm -hmm. um, I think he does come into the first round calculations um, just based on those averages from last year. However, I think when you also take into account that first round, you're going to have half a dozen players likely taken from outside of the midfield. Your your Grundy, Gorn, if he looks like he'll be fit, um, Lloyd, um, Dustin, Whitfield, um, those sort of types are are going to go. And then people are going to pick your McCrae's. They're going to pick the... Dunkley. um, Dunkley just from the, the hype around him. And then it becomes... Much as Trelaw is probably the highest average player left, um, you know, or at least in that bracket with um, you know, the, those that there are thereabouts with him, it, it will come down largely to personal preferences to where he ends up going. So I think he's in calculations for the first round, but he's not a definite first-round pick in most drafts. Um, yeah, so you may be lucky enough to, to pick him up in the, you know, the, somewhere around the, the early to middle stages of the second. Wow. Um, That'd be amazing if you got that, if, wouldn't if it? If people choose to go otherwise, you know? yeah, because it's it not again. If we're, there's you know five or six mids taken in the the first round, it's not unreasonable to suggest that that could be uh, Kelly, McRae, Dunkley, Gaff, and Merritt. Yep, I'd be. Um, I want to be in that draft well, league just matter. quietly, but it's yeah. possible. Oh, look, you would, and 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 personally, I would probably take Trelaw ahead of most of those as well. So yep. I do think he is a first round calculation. Yeah. Um, but he could very well be there on the turn. Um, and, you know, if you're sitting there with the, the 10th or 12th pick, the last in your your league, um, it's quite feasible you get two of those names as your first two players. It is actually a Happy good day. year, isn't it? To to mm. While it means you probably miss out on the likes of Whitfield and Grundy and McRae, it is actually a good year yeah. to be right towards the end of that opening round because you are mm-hmm. going to get some guys fall to you that you might not have realised. Um, and whether that be the Whitfield, for whatever reason, people go, no, no, I don't want the foot. Awesome. Brilliant. Maybe they don't join on the Lloyd. Brilliant. Or, as you've suggested, a guy who I've ranked in inside the top three midfielders this year 
you're getting him, yep. you know, the ninth or tenth selection overall, let alone drifting onto the turn, man, that's a win in DT or fantasy. Absolutely it is. But I think, yeah, in a lot of drafts, he will slide just that little bit, just for being a little more uh, unfashionable than, than perhaps some others. All right, Supercoach draft. He's probably not going to go as high. Where does he no. go? Is he a, a late second, early third sort of selection? Yeah, there are thereabouts for me, I think. Um, again, it's as much about personal preference, sure. and he sits in that bracket. Um, you know, same as um, we, we spoke about Fife in Dream Team the other day, where yeah. um, you know, at, at his sort of level, there's a number of comparable mids that you could take in a Dream Team sort of format. Sure. Um, Trelaw, I think, kind of sits in a similar bracket in Supercoach, Super um, in that there's a, a number of equally valid options that you could pick at or around his level. Um, and so he doesn't scream, pick me straight off the bat. Um, and so, yeah, late second, early third, I think is there or thereabouts where he goes. So in that format, happy for him to be an M1. Guaranteed you've used your opening two picks in other lines to get among That's you know it. the top yeah. two and or it's three. it's quite feasible that as a, a Collingwood supporter in a yeah. Supercoach draft, you could pick Grundy in the, the top of the first and then Trelaw at the back of the second and um, happy days. And Crisp in the third, because they do. <laughs> uh, yeah, why not? <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, awesome, man. Appreciate your thoughts today on Adam Trelaw. Easy done, mate. Thank you. If you want to go and check out the rest of the article on Adam Trelaw or any of the other players in the 50 Most Relevant, coachespanel.tv is where you can go and check all the other players revealed in the 50 Most Relevant, as well as a ton of other pre-season articles are there for you to go and check out. We get very close to the top 10, very close to the top 10. Tomorrow, we hit the number 12.